Well, all right. Well, let's watch this. This is Colossians chapter 1. This is it's in your Bible. This is so basic. There's not, but if you'll notice, there's four chapters here. These are, I mean, it's real short, but I want to speed ahead to something at the very end here. So watch this. In the fourth chapter, in Colossians chapter 4, look down here toward the very end here. Oh, uh, let's see. Oh, <clears throat> uh, look at this. He's, he's saying goodbye, hello, and all this kind of stuff here. And look at this. In, uh, this is Colossians 4, and look down here at verse 14. He says, Dear Dr. Luke sends his love, and so does Demas. So notice this is goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Okay. And he listed a whole bunch of other names up here by other folks, too. Verse 15, please give my greeting to the Christian friends at Laodicea. This is like Arab, okay? Whatever. And to Nymphus and to those who meet in his home. By the way, after you have read this letter, look at this. After you have read this letter, will you pass it on to the church at Laodicea? Now, what that means is what's good for the goose is good for the gander. I mean, it's good for all of us. What I wrote you, Paul was, he was in jail. A few verses above this, he says, I'm in jail. Timothy's in there with me. Oh, okay. And, and he says that, hey, I want you to read this letter. And then, by the way, when you're done, hey, would you send that to Laodicea? Because he knew the Lord was uh, giving him some great things that uh, the whole church needed to see. And he, say, and he also says here, and read the letter I wrote to them. Wow. And then he says, hey, by the way, there's a guy named Andy there. Tell him this for me, whatever. And here's my greeting in my own hand. Remember me here in jail. May God's blessing surround you. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, here's Mr. Preacher himself. This is the most awesome apostle. We don't need to be thinking about God's blessing surrounding us. We need to be thinking about how condemned we should feel because Judgment Day is coming. Oh, brother. Judgment Day is coming, but you and I in this room are supposed to be the happiest people in this world. I'm going to get to Colossians in just a moment, but watch this, please. Oh, Let's see. Let me switch Bibles just one second. Let's go to King James. Let's just look at Judgment Day just for a moment. In this chapter, I want to preface this with, Beloved, let us love one another. Verse 7. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not. You know, we're under so much pressure. You've got to love everybody. You've got to love everybody. But then when it comes to God, oh, oh, oh. it's conditional because, you know, because of the mistakes maybe we made or whatever, or problems, whatever you face this week. You know, you think it's all because of your problems, your mistakes. No, God loves you. Now, watch this. Scroll on down here. And he says, uh, uh, verse 11, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Nobody's seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us, and his love is perfected in us. So it's love, 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 love. All right, let's keep going. Watch this. Now, drop down here at verse 17. Well, actually, verse 16 says what? This is our big phrase we get on T-shirts and bumper stickers and whatever. God is love. Okay, we get it. He's love. But why do we check out when we get to verse 17? We miss it totally. Let's don't miss it. Herein is our love made perfect. Now, what's he talking about? That God loved us first, okay? We believe that God, the, the love that God hath to us, verse 16. Herein is our love made perfect. Or in other words, here is a result of because I believe that God loves me. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Now, I don't know about you, but I won't take that out of my Bible sometimes. I'm like, that can't be so. It's a lie. Because I am scared. When I meet Jesus someday, I am in Oh, I'm in trouble. God, I do not look forward to that day. See, you're not letting love get a hold of you. I mean, most cases, parents are great. My mother's here, fantastic, great, couldn't be better. 
There's not anything I could have ever done and I put her through some stuff that she would ever recall and say, I do not love you or whatever, or I'm treating you different. No way. Well, she got all that from God. She was created by God. Families are, we're born in, in creation. It didn't just happen. We're made in God's image. But for some reason, we worry about this. And you do not need to worry about this. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as He is, so are we in this world. How is Jesus? He's perfectly seated at the right hand of the Father. We read in the book of Hebrews that you are accepted. You sit right with Jesus. He is your high priest. Don't worry about any of your failings or whatever. He says there's no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Now, we've heard that phrase, but we didn't know where it was seeded from, where it came from. It comes from thinking about meeting Jesus one day. When you meet Jesus one day, all fear will be thrown away. You need to just be you. Richard just needs to be Richard. Dustin needs to be Dustin. Brittany, Laura, you know, Kelsey, all of us need to be the same. Just be yourself and calm down. Because Jesus has totally made you accepted in heaven. You're going to be fine. That's the reason the multitudes were following Jesus. Now watch this little easy letter right here. We'll get through this first uh, uh, this first um, uh, chapter here, Colossians. Okay. Again, this might be the only letter other than they finally got that letter from the church of Arab. You know, the one that Paul wrote to the Laodiceans. It, it made it here. Watch this. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Colossians chapter 1, verse 1. Timotheus, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren. Okay, we're in the King James Version. Let me switch this real quick to the Living Bible. <clears throat> Sometimes we hear these words and we go, oh, yes, God is perpendicular or whatever, all that strange talk. Let's get it where we can understand it. Colossians chapter 1, verse 1 out of the Living Bible. Paul, chosen by God to be Jesus Christ's messenger, and from Brother Timothy. Hey, so Paul's got a message. To who? The preachers. No, it said the faithful Christian brothers, God's people, in the city of Colossa. Now, wouldn't that sort of, wow, I don't know. It can't be every Christian. Yes, it's every Christian. May God our Father shower you with blessings. Boy, here it comes again. That's the reason I'm prying and asking you what good things the Lord did for you. It's okay. I barely scratched the surface on a few things. It's amazing all the wonderful things that I cannot even keep track of just in the last few days. I mean, really, I mean, hang around with me for a little bit. I, I can't help but tell these things. Verse 3, whenever uh, we pray for you, we always begin to give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we have heard how much you trust the Lord and how much you love his people. And you are looking forward to the joys of heaven. Oh, no, that judgment day is bothering me a little bit. <laughs> no, the joys of heaven. Praise the Lord. Oh, and have been ever since the gospel first was preached to you, the same good news. See, doesn't it bother you that why you feel condemned sometimes in your life and yet the Bible calls it good news and we somehow think that's bad news? In just a moment, you're going to realize why it's good news. Watch this. That came to you is going out all over the world and changing lives everywhere just as it changed yours the first day you heard it and understood about God's great kindness to sinners. This is a very important phrase here. God's great kindness to sinners. Uh, notice it says, just as it changed yours the first day you heard it. It didn't say, well, you finally decided to straighten up your life. 
No, don't worry about straightening up your life. Jesus is the one who's going to do all the straightening for you. Epaphras, we'll just call him Ed. It's kind of a weird name. Oh, Ed, our much-loved fellow worker, was one who brought you this good news. He is Jesus Christ's faithful slave here to help us in your place. And he's the one who told us about the great love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. Again, you know, it makes you wonder, why is it that all this love that he says that we're supposed to have to one another, if I got a dread judgment day, I mean, I mean... I mean, I might as well just throw it all aside. I mean, I ain't too interested in even going. And I'm sure not interested in loving anybody else if I can't be convinced that God loves me. Oh, but I got it wrong, see? There's a reason we love one another. Watch this. Remember, he just said his great kindness to sinners. Verse 9. So ever since we heard about you, we have kept on praying and asking God to help you understand what he wants you to do. Asking him to make you wise about spiritual things and asking that the way you live will always please the Lord and honor him. So that you will always be doing good, kind things for others, while all the time you are learning to know God better and better. We are praying, too, that you'll be filled with His mighty, glorious strength, so that you can keep on going no matter what happens. Hey, that's kind of like what we've been reading in the book of Psalms. I mean, nothing's going to move us. Though the mountains are cast into the sea, Psalm 46 is. I mean, in other words, the worst possible fiasco that could ever hit you, what's going on with you? You're not moved. And it's not like we welcome these things and we just put on a Christian grin and go, well, I'm just supposed to be happy. No, let me tell you, I am happy because I have strength. I'm going to get out of this mess. I'm going to walk right through the fire. I'm not going to get burned. And so are you. No matter what your trouble is. So no matter what happens, always full of the joy of the Lord. Well, I didn't know he was so happy. He is happy. He's happy all the time. He really is. And always thankful to the Father who's made us fit to share all the wonderful things that belong to those who live in the kingdom of light. Well, I didn't think we had anything but, but salvation. I mean, just going to heaven. No, he said wonderful things that belong to those. Now watch this. For he has rescued us out of the darkness and gloom of Satan's kingdom. See, you know, unless we start recognizing, you know, uh, back up just a little bit. Unless we start recognizing that there is an outlaw spirit out there, just like we go to Walmart or wherever you want to go, Cracker Barrel, and you see angels. You know, very rarely do you see, hey, you want to buy an angel or you want to buy a demon? <laughs> we don't see the demons for sale, do we? You know, and you don't go to people's houses and go, well, there's a demon over there. I got to keep my house you know, equal. No, but we talk about angels all the time. And they are. But sometimes we can think that, you know, uh, like Star Trek, you know, God has a dark side to him. That's not true. There is a fallen angel. His name is Lucifer. He's also called Satan in the scriptures. And for some reason, this apostle of the Lord, while he was in jail, in just the opening comments of a letter, he says that there is a kingdom of Satan out there. And it says that you and I have been rescued out of that. And he brought us into the kingdom of his dear son, who bought our freedom, how? With his blood and forgave us all our sins. Notice you didn't earn this. He bought it for you. It was paid. I mean, I don't care what you want. Dustin would never treat me this way. If I bought him something at Walmart, he wouldn't run back down there with a receipt and say, oh, my dad paid for this, but I want to pay for it too. They would say, are you insane? Yeah, but I really feel better if you'll just take... I mean, it was $20. I want to pay another $20. Don't do that. It's already been paid for. It's yours. Just enjoy it. That's what Walmart would tell you. And God would tell you the same way. Look at verse 15. Christ is the exact likeness of the unseen God. 
He existed before God made anything at all. And in fact, Christ Himself is the Creator who made everything in heaven and earth, the things we can see and the things we can't. The spirit world and its kings and kingdoms, its rulers and authorities, all were made by Christ for His own use and glory. So you're wrapping all this thing up saying, hey, the only thing we need to be thinking about is Jesus alone here. We don't need to be looking for any other kind of solution or whatever. Verse 17, He's before, He was before all else began. And it is His power that holds everything together. He's the head of the body and uh, made up of His people. That is His church, which He began. And He's the leader of all those who arise from the dead. So that He is the first in everything, for God wanted uh, all of Himself to be in His Son. Well, we're already down to, we're fixing to start verse 20. Has He condemned you yet? Do you feel terrible? Do you feel like, uh, I'm afraid to meet Him one day? Well, I don't, I don't think so, not unless you've not been paying attention. Look at verse 20. It was through what his son did that God cleared a path for everything to come to him. All things in heaven and things on earth. For Christ's death on the cross has made peace with God for all by his blood. Well, I thought it was the good things that I'm fixing to do or I need to do or straighten up my life. No, it's not. It's what Jesus did on the cross. This includes, here it is, this includes you who were once so far away from God. Hmm. You were his enemies and hated him and were separated by him, from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he's brought you back as his... Well, that's got to be wrong. We can't be his friends. That's what it says. You're his friends. And that's not the only place we find in the scriptures that we're his friends. We're supposed to be acting like the faith of Abraham, Romans chapter 4 says. And James describes... Abraham as the friend of God. Wow. Moses too. He talked to Moses face to face. Anyway, back to this. Verse 22. He has done this through the death on the cross of his own human body. Scratch, scratch, scratch. Where's the part that I have to earn this? Where's the part that I do? I One day I'm going to get to the point. I'm going to just, I am just, God and I are just going to be friends. I am working it. He already gave it to you. He paid for it for you. It's yours. He's done this through the death of the cross of his own human body. And now as a result, Christ has brought you into the very presence of God. Now he just means preachers here. Let me help you. He just means the Catholic church priest and the Pope. Don't get the wrong idea. No, I'm insane if I believe that. This is everybody. Everybody has been brought right into the very presence of God. I mean, if words mean anything... And not only am I in the presence of God, I'm His friend. I can relax. Wow. And you are standing... I mean, do I need to keep reading here? Are we going to believe this? Of course we'll believe it. But look at that next phrase. Maybe I need to help God out. God, don't you know about the problems that I... I mean, my own sins and my own shortcomings? It says, you are standing there before Him with nothing left against you. Nothing left that he could ever <gasps> chide you for. How many times you wake up in the morning and you feel and you just sense that God is is angry with you? You better deal with those thoughts. Those are not God's thoughts. Those are from the enemy. It's designed to once you get up, start acting like you got up on the wrong side of the bed. That's what it's for. The Bible says there are many voices, first John chapter four. And we're to try the spirits whether they be of God or not. 
You don't have to call an exorcist to come over to your house. You're supposed to know. Hey, wait a minute. This is condemning me today. This can't be God, you know. Listen, if you've got something wrong in your life, God will let you know and you'll know it. But just the daily, 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 you are trash to Him. You are a worm. You, God doesn't think anything of you. He didn't want to make anything in your life be a blessing. Is completely wrong because verses 1 and 2 said all these blessings come to, from God to you. To the whole church. But anyway, nothing left against you. Nothing left that He could even chide you for. The only condition is that, oh, here we go. I knew there was a catch. I know. Let me make sure. I read this earlier. Let me make sure it didn't change. Because I already know the punchline. It didn't change. Watch this. It must mean I gotta, I gotta, let's see, I gotta, I gotta be perfect from here on out. Let's make sure. The only condition is that you fully believe, believe, ain't much work in that. Yep. Oh, you only believe that you fully believe the truth, standing in it steadfast and firm, strong in the Lord. Convinced of the good news that Jesus died for you and never shifting from trusting Him to save you. Fantastic. Now quit worrying. Because we all worry about these things. And I base my life on John 3.16 just as you do or we wouldn't be here today. We'd be hunting and fishing for something else. Because we're dreading the day we pass away. What's going to happen? Where am I going to go? Why was life created? Listen, Jesus came. He actually was here. He did create the heavens and the earth, just like the Bible says. Jesus was either, as one fellow said, Lord, lunatic, or liar. I mean, so, I mean, arrogant. But he wasn't arrogant. He was right. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no man comes into the Father but by me. Remember right before he said that in John 14, he says, he says, uh, oh, <clears throat> let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Our only way is Jesus. And that's what he's saying here. You stand firm, steadfast, strong in the Lord, convinced fully that the good news that Jesus died for you and never shifting from trusting him to save you. This is the wonderful news that came to each of you and is now spreading all over. Yep. Excuse me. All over the world. And I, Paul, have the... Oh, boy. How many times we feel like preachers, you know, feel like, well, that's the worst job in the world. Oh, I hate standing up here telling people that they're going to hell, you know. Well, we ain't going. We're going to heaven because of Jesus. This is exciting stuff. We've twisted our Jesus around so much. But, you know, if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you'll see a vivid picture of Jesus here on this earth and what he's doing. And I tell you what, the multitudes are following him. They're following him because he's making them happy. He's making them completely happy. Verse, five, verse 24. But part of my work is to suffer for you, and I'm glad, for I'm helping to finish up the remainder of Christ's sufferings for his body in the church. What's he suffering? He's behind bars. <laughs> The religious people didn't like this. They still think Moses is the way, not Jesus. They're still mad and they tossed Paul in prison. You can read this in the book of Acts. You'll see how many times he got thrown in prison. Verse 25, God sent me to help his church and to tell his secret plan to you. What's his secret? To you Gentiles. He kept this secret for centuries and generations past, but now at last it pleased him to tell it to those who love him and live for him. And the, oh, 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 let's see. And live for him. And the riches of the glory of his plan are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. What is it? Are you ready for you Christ 
in your hearts is your only hope of glory. That's it. It's just Jesus. It's got to be something else. No. It's Jesus alone is your only hope, not only for heaven, but to have God work in your life down here. It's just Jesus. That's all you've got to have. Well, that's the end, I think, of the first chapter. Oh, let me be sure. No, a couple of verses right here. So everywhere we go, we talk about Christ to all who will listen, warning and teaching them as well as we know how. We want to be able to present each one to God. Well, that's a mistake. Ain't nobody perfect. Well, that's true. We weren't until Jesus made us perfect in the eyes of God. Look at this. Isn't that what words mean? To present each one to God perfect. Guy, it can't mean each one because I'm... I'm not even talking about me. I'm, I know that guy over there. And I mean, I know he goes, you know, I mean, I'm talking about Phil here. You know, I mean, I'm talking about, you know, Bob. I know Bob's not perfect. Oh, my goodness. He is now through Jesus. Wow, look at this. Able to present each one to God perfect. Huh. Well, if he means each one, then he means me. That's exactly right. Because of what they did. No, what Christ has done for each of them. This is my work, and I can do it only because Christ's mighty energy is at work within me. In other words, I can do all things through Christ. I'm telling you. Well, let me close with this. Let's go to uh, the book of Hebrews here just a moment. So what does all this mean? Well, just like we have here, it's the same stuff we learned over here in the book of Hebrews. But look down here to, uh, we'll start here at verse uh, 14. But Jesus, the Son of God, is our great high priest. No wonder he's so great, I'm telling you. Who has gone to heaven itself to help us. Therefore, let us never stop trusting him. And he's talking about your daily troubles, okay? Daily troubles as well. Uh, This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. Since he has the same temptations we do. Notice this. Understands our weaknesses. So that means from here on out, if we make mistakes, he's still on your side. Quit condemning yourself if you make a mistake. Don't worry about it. He had the same temptations we do, yet he never gave gave way to them and sin. So let us come, look at this, come boldly to the very throne of God and stay there to receive his mercy and find grace to help in our times of need. Notice this has nothing to do with going to heaven. We've already anchored that. Remember, we're already continuing to trust the Lord. This is our daily troubles that we face, like in the book of Psalms. David had this problem. David had that problem. David had this problem. 23rd Psalm says, You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And then he goes on to say in the next verse, Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. There's a table spread for me somewhere, and I'm looking for it. Whatever trouble you're faced with today, you should start looking for it. Well, I'm going to peel the page off this one because behind this, I can see i got a table here somewhere. I don't care if the armies are after you. It doesn't make any difference. How many more Bible stories do you need to remind yourself of? But, of course, keep reminding yourself of them. Elisha was surrounded by armies. And his little helper woke up in the morning and said, Well, boss, we in trouble today. You know, this, this got, we're toast. The armies have surrounded the city that we're in. And Elisha said, Lord, open his eyes that he can see. And God opened that servant's eyes. And he looked and he saw the chariots of fire of angels all around the mountains. What would that do for you if you thought a little Mickey Mouse army was surrounding you? And yet you looked again and thought, Ooh, they're the ones that are surrounded. 
Well, the very next verse that happened was the Bible says that that army, I guess it was Sisera, Sisera, whatever, uh, whatever that guy's, that, that, that army guy was, forgot what his name is. His whole army was smitten with what? Blindness. Can you imagine that? So here you are, and you take your little helper, and you go, come with me. Let's walk through this mess. <laughs> Where's the guy we're trying to kill? They can't get him because they're all blind. They can't. What do you think God's going to do for you? Why do you think I even mentioned that story for you today? Was it so we could go back and contact that fellow one day and say, well, you know, that was a great story. Wish that would happen to me. Elijah would have said, well, are you kidding me? Even Jesus made reference to those stories. In Luke chapter 4, and he said there was a bunch of widows during that time, and not a one of them was sustained except for the woman of Sarepta. Remember that story? And, he, and why did he mention that? Because of all unbelief. They were saying, well, you're Joseph's son. You're Mary's son. We don't know about you, Jesus. Ah, oh, yes, he is. He's there to help you anyway. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you by your stripes that we're healed. If we're not feeling good in our bodies, you'll fix that. We feel a little bump of something on our skin we're not used to, or maybe our eyes are starting to get blurry or whatever, or our hearing changes, or we feel a rattle in our lungs. No matter what it is, praise the Lord. You said you would take care of our bodies. Praise God, you healed them all every time we see in the scriptures in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. In James, you tell us, is any sick, let him call the elders of the church. David even wrote down the psalm, Psalm 103. You said, it's my benefits that I have in you. You forgive all my iniquities. You heal all my diseases. So, Lord, I know you take care of all that for us. So we just thank you for it. Same thing is true financially. If we have the slightest bit of financial trouble, you will help us. Praise God. And anything else we face that might be bothering us today, and it's on our heart heavy, whatever it may be, you'll fix it for us. We just thank you for it. We roll every burden over on you because that's what you said do. Stop worrying about it and give it to you. So that's what we do. Psalm 55, verse 22. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain you. We just thank you for it. We're going to be carefree today. Well, Lord, what does that leave? Ah, you want us to go tell others about how great you are to us. And that's what we're going to do, Lord. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, amen. Glory. Yeah. All righty. <laughs> yeah.